The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus. But the Pharisees and scribes began to complain, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So to them he addressed this parable. What man among you having a hundred sheep and losing one of them would not leave the ninety-nine in the desert and go after the lost one until he finds it? And when he does find it, he sets it on his shoulders with great joy. And upon his arrival home, he calls together his friends and neighbors and says to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. I tell you in just the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 righteous people who have no need of repentance. Or what woman, having ten coins and losing one, would not light a lamp and sweep the house, searching carefully until she finds it. And when she does find it, she calls together her friends and neighbors and says to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found the coin that I lost. In just the same way, I tell you, there will be rejoicing among the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Then he said, A man had two sons, and the younger son said to his father, Father, give me the share of your estate that should come to me. So the father divided the property between them. After a few days, the younger son collected all his belongings and set off to a distant country where he squandered his inheritance on a life of dissipation. When he had freely spent everything, a severe famine struck that country, and he found himself in dire need. So he hired himself out to one of the local citizens, who sent him to his farm to tend the swine. And he longed to eat his fill of the pods on which the swine fed, but nobody gave him any. Coming to his senses, he thought, How many of my father's hired workers have more than enough food to eat? But here am I dying from hunger. I shall get up and go to my father, and I shall say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as you would treat one of your hired workers. So he got up and went back to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father caught sight of him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But his father ordered his servants Quickly bring the finest robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Take the fattened calf and slaughter it. Then let us celebrate with a feast because this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. Then the celebration began. 
Now the older son had been out in the field, and on his way back, as he neared the house, he heard the sound of music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what this might mean. The servant said to him, your brother has returned and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. He became angry. And when he refused to enter the house, his father came out and pleaded with him. He said to his father in reply, look, all these years I served you. And not once did I disobey your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat to feast on with my friends. But when your son returns, who swallowed up your property with prostitutes, for him you slaughter the fattened calf. He said to him, my son, you are here with me always. Everything I have is yours. But now we must celebrate and rejoice because your brother was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. The Gospel of the Lord. It's great joy to be with you all this morning. And in today's gospel, our Lord, our Lord gives these three parables, which the, the phrase that always comes to mind in my head is like preferential option for the sinner. So, so in Catholic social justice theory, we, we talk about preferential options for the poor and, and how we really should you know, do all that we can in order to help the poor. But our Lord really has a preferential option for sinners. And, and it's reflected in, in the way he responds to the Pharisees. And, and we have to remember that what our Lord's responding to are the scribes and the Pharisees who are complaining because Jesus welcomes sinners and eats with them. Like, he shouldn't be hanging out with those people. Why does he hang out with those people? Why is he hanging out with the bad people? And so the, the Lord addresses them and, and he uses these three parables. And you know, he talks about what man among you having a hundred sheep and losing one of them would not leave the 99 and go after the lost one and then rejoice when he finds it. Or the woman who has 10 coins and loses one and sweeps the house and then finds it, rejoices with all her friends because she finds it. And then he tells the, this long story of the prodigal son. And the Pharisees and the scribes are supposed to recognize themselves in this story. And how the younger brother goes to his father and he says, give me my inheritance that should come to me. Like, give me my inheritance now. I wish you were already dead so that I could get on with my life. And the father, respecting the younger son's freedom, right? he respects the younger son's freedom, just like our Lord respects our freedom, gives him what he asks for, and then he goes off and he squanders it all and he ends up and working for the swine herd and he wishes that he could eat the food that the pigs are eating. And, and he comes to his senses 
right? He comes to his senses. He starts to recognize the reality of his life and, and the honesty of where he is. And he thinks about how his father's servants have a better life than he has. And, and he goes back to the father with this heart of repentance. Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And, and, and so as the younger brother comes to his senses, he, he recognizes the truth about who he is and what he's done and what he deserves. Right? I know who I am. I know what I've done. I know what I deserve. And when he gets back to the father, he starts to make this confession Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. And the father interrupts him and, and doesn't even let him get to what he deserves. Treat me as one of your hired servants. The father calls his servants and he says, put a robe on him, put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet because this son, this son of mine was dead and now he's alive again. He was lost and he's been found. And the younger brother in that moment receives mercy and, and he receives the fullness of mercy because he doesn't, he doesn't presume on it. You know, he doesn't think to himself, if I go back to my father, surely he'll forgive me and let me back in his house. He, he just goes back to the father and he says, this is who I am and this is what I deserve. And the father pours out this abundance of mercy on him. And the scribes and the Pharisees, as they listen to this story, that's the exact thing that bothers them, right? They're bothered by the fact that, that they've always been faithful and our Lord has this preferential option for sinners. And so the Lord goes on in this parable and he says, then the older brother gets wind of what's happening and he becomes frustrated And he says to his father, all these years I've served you, not once did I disobey your orders, but you never gave me anything. And then the father says to him, my son, my son. You're here with me always and everything I have is yours. And, and what our Lord is revealing is that the preferential option he has for sinners is for everyone. It's for this, the scribes and the Pharisees too, if they have the eyes to see it. That his desire is that everyone come to know his relentless love for them. And sometimes, you know, we get caught up in that ourselves. In, and I've, I've talked to people in spiritual direction or in other context and and sometimes they're they're sort of they have this resentment against people who have these big conversions and they might say like well, I've never had a I don't have a big conversion story and and I I've just like been faithful and there's nobody like celebrates me like there's no talks at catholic conferences about the person who's just like I've always been faithful and I've grounded out all these years and 
Like that's not, that's not like a talk that we have at a conference. We always have these like amazing sort of like, I was the worst person ever. And then I became, and we, and we can fall into that same place and, and we can fall into that temptation to miss out on the fact that, that the Lord also says to us, my son, my daughter, everything I have is yours. And maybe what our Lord is calling the scribes and the Pharisees and each one of us to see is that we all have an opportunity and, and maybe the best disposition we can have is, is to recognize that we all are in need of our Lord's mercy. That all of us have fallen short, that all of us are sinners who need redemption, that all of us in some way have been reluctant to receive the Father's love. And St. Paul sets an example for us in that in, in his letter to Timothy when, when he says, I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and arrogant, but I've been mercifully treated. And, and I'm grateful to him who has strengthened me. And, and St. Paul is always very upfront about who he is and what he's done and what he deserved. And in the midst of that, he knows the great mercy that our Lord has had for him. He knows the great mercy that our Lord has had for him. And we all have an opportunity to enter into that kind of a moment when we go to confession. And every confession is meant to be a moment where we go into the confessional and we say, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son or I no longer deserve to be called your daughter. And, and when we can go in with that disposition and we hear the words, I absolve you. When we hear the words, I absolve you, we can be filled with that kind of gratitude that St. Paul has. But our part is to be brutally honest about that and open to the mercy that our Lord desires to give us. Because sometimes we, we can just have like a, I don't know, we, we can have a disposition that, that isn't always open to receiving that and isn't always open to sort of the transforming power of God's grace. And, and sometimes that's because like we just sort of like rattle off our sins. And, and I know in my own life, like, I've had sins in my past that sort of stick with me and, and they, they might like pop up in my head once in a while and, and they manifest this shame or they manifest this self-doubt and, and I might be driving my car around and, and you know, the evil one sort of like, like, hey, remember what you did when you were like 19? And, uh, and, and it, it just sort of like pops up. And, and these are things I've confessed, right? I've confessed them. But I probably like slipped them into a general confession halfway through, hoping the priest didn't actually hear what I said. Right? Did you ever do that? Anybody? No, I'm not the only one. <laughs> you know, and we, we just kind of like slided it. Okay, I did what I was supposed to do. I got absolved. I'm good. And, uh, and, and this happened a couple of years ago. I was on a retreat and, and, and I had one of those things that kept popping and, and our Lord brought it up. And, and I, although I had confessed it, I'd never really, like, like really brought that to the Lord in that, with that disposition. And, and so it started in prayer to just bring that to him with that, 
that kind of brutal honesty and, and allow him to respond. And, and then I did go to confession and I, and I just like brought it up in, in a very honest way with no sort of subtleties or, or kind of we use euphemisms or we, we might minimize things out of fear. And, and there was something new that happened and and I can say now, like that event or those that particular thing that used to pop all the time, it doesn't pop anymore. Because when when we really go to our Lord with that heart, like the prodigal son who says, I know who I am, I know what I've done, I know what I deserve. And then we receive his mercy. We receive it completely. And that's what breaks through all shame. It breaks through all fear. It breaks through kind of our own self-condemnation as we like beat ourselves up and, and because we can just say like, I'm a sinner and, and I need God's mercy and he's given it to me. And, and then that leads to living that life of gratitude that St. Paul writes about. And we certainly live in a world that's in need of witnesses to the transformation that our Lord has worked in our lives. And that's what the Lord is inviting us all to. That's what our Lord is inviting us all to, whether we're somebody who's been in a notorious sinner or somebody who has, has always been faithful and he's calling all of us to, to know that deep transformation of our hearts that comes when we surrender to his relentless love. And so today, let us pray that, that we grow in that spirit of repentance, that we might grow in the experience of his mercy, and that walking with transformed hearts, we always remember that we are his beloved son, his beloved daughter. And that we may glorify him in every thought, word, and work of our lives.